0: Bibles, and let me guess what book Luke Nailed it. Luke chapter 4, verse 33. Annabelle has an audio dramatization of the book of Luke. She listens to it often, so she thinks she knows all these stories better than I do. I'm glad there wasn't a one of those mysterious snowstorms and nobody sees coming tonight. That's nice. I hope you we were able to watch, uh, at least to have some sort of service. I don't know. Uh, we tried to do something different, but I don't know how many, some of you weren't able to because of the internet. Uh, some of you may not have wanted to. I don't know. But, but, I don't know what I'm saying. Let's just read luke four and thirty three says in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice. I was gonna call this one, the devil went to church, but I've switched it because we're going to talk about more. Jesus went down to Capernaum, we'll call it that. Let's just pray. Again, I don't know what she's saying. Let's just pray, again. We'll be good for this. Jesus, hallelujah. thank you, God, for your spirit and your word. I pray that you would minister to us through them tonight. In Jesus' name, God, open our ears to, to your word. I pray you would speak to our heart. In Jesus' name, let your will be done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago on Sunday, um, preached a message called How Not to Have a Move of God. I don't know if you remember that. Um, if you do, that's good. I wouldn't remember if I didn't have notes. So that's, I'm not going to be upset. But uh, if you remember that, um, it was about when the story when Jesus comes back to Nazareth and they rejected Jesus. So if you forget, quick recap is um, Jesus comes to Nazareth He's teaching in the synagogue. He reads from Isaiah 61. um, And he says, Today, or this day, the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And um, everyone gets upset. Like, what is he talking about? We know this man. We know his family. We know Joseph. We know Mary. We know his brothers and his sisters. that are here. We know this guy. And um, in the three different versions of the story, people... Um, one version they get offended another version they get wrathed <laughs> they get angry um, they think that they know better than Jesus because they know they've known him they known him his whole life they know his whole family and all of that and because of the reaction to Jesus when he says today is this uh, scripture fulfilled New Year's um, because of the offense because of the wrath because of them just being in their head too much. Um, Jesus is unable to do a lot, miracle-wise, in Nazareth. It says he wasn't able to do any mighty works. He does very little, only a few healings, which we would be like, yes, a few healings, great. But there was so much more that he wanted to do and so much more that he could, could have done. And so at the end of that story, he leaves and he goes to some other villages. So the three things that they struggled with were offense, knowledge, and wrath, and it's the same problems that we are dealing with still, because as the guy from the Muppet says, Peoples is peoples. We don't change. People is the same. You know, things change, societies, you know, people are always upset about the same things. So anyway, so Jesus has just left Nazareth. Unable to do much because of their offense, knowledge, wrath which are all symptoms of their unbelief. And in Luke 4 and 31 it says, And came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. So the next place that Luke records that Jesus goes is Capernaum. In this story it sounds like he just leaves Nazareth and goes to Capernaum. He goes down. Nazareth was a town up on the hills. They were going to throw Jesus off a cliff, if you remember, and so he, he comes down from there, literally, and he goes to Capernaum in the area of Galilee, which would be like a province or a state or something like that. And uh, he comes to Capernaum, which is a, a little fishing village or a fishing town. We've got some of those around. And this town is where Matthew, the disciple, is from. It's also not far from Beth- Bethsaida, where Peter, James, John, and Andrew were from. Peter's i got a house here in Capernaum. His mother-in-law is living there. And since Nazareth rejects him, Capernaum becomes a home base for Jesus. This is kind of where he bases out of from here on out. He sets up a headquarters there, if you will, and bases his ministry from here. There's a lot of things that happen in this area. But Nazareth misses out on what Jesus had for them because of how they reacted. And so... Tonight, we're going to compare the two towns together. So this is going to be like kind of a part two of a message you heard before. So Jesus goes to Nazareth, and he teaches in a synagogue, and he says, This day is scripture fulfilled, and they reject him. So he goes down the road, and comes to Capernaum, and he does the same thing. All right? He goes to the synagogue, and he starts teaching. So far, the same. They've got the same, you know, start. We all kind of started the same place, and it says in Nazareth, what was the response? Luke 4, 28? Um, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. So they had great wrath, and that was that's a great response to Jesus and His word. What did they do in Capernaum? Luke four thirty-two. It says, and they were astonished at His doctrine, for His word was with power. It's a completely different response. In Nazareth, they're filled with wrath. And in Capernaum, they are astonished, amazed. Completely different responses. Two places, two different groups of people, same Jesus, same thing going on, showing up at the synagogue and teaching on the Sabbath. Same word he's teaching from, it's Jesus. Same thing. But there's a completely different response in Capernaum. One, in Nazareth, they they respond with wrath. And in Capernaum, they are astonished. And you can have two people experience the same thing in life and have two different responses to that. You can watch two kids grow up in the same house, the same environment, the same everything. The same things happen to them, the same losses happen to both of them, the same things, the same struggles to both children. You can watch that. and and same everything, environment and everything and they respond differently and they grow differently and they react differently to what happens. Two different responses from these two towns. Jesus doesn't change. His word doesn't change. He still works. He still speaks the same way. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that. He is the same. The only difference is how we respond to him. My wife um, doesn't preach often. I've heard her once in twelve years, so don't be upset. It's only been three. But there's a parable she tells. I'm gonna tell it to you, and now whenever she preaches she has nothing to preach. So forgive me. Well there is uh, a daughter was complaining to her father about life. That was miserable. She didn't know how she was going to make it. She was tired of fighting and struggling all the time. And it seemed like one problem was solved, and then another problem comes. You know how it is. All right? And so her father was a chef, and he took her to the kitchen, and he filled three pots with water, and he placed them over the fire. And um, when the water began to boil, he placed in one pot potatoes, in another pot eggs and in the third pot ground coffee beans and he left them boiling for a while without saying a word to his daughter and his daughter was not unlike mine and she moaned and waited impatiently wondering what on earth this crazy man was doing and after a few minutes He turned off the burners. He took the potatoes and eggs out of the pots and he placed them in different bowls and he poured the coffee into a cup. And he turned to her and he said, what do you see? And she said, potatoes, eggs, and coffee. And he said, look closer. Touch the potatoes. And she did and she noticed that they were soft. She was like looking at me because my tuna is good. (laughs) Then he asked her, to take an egg and break it. And she broke it, removed the shell, and it was a hard boiled egg. And finally he asked her to sip the coffee. And the rich aroma brought a smile to her face and she said, Father, what does this mean? And he explained that the potatoes, eggs, and the coffee beans each had faced the same thing, boiling water. However, each one reacted differently. The potato went in strong, hard, unrelenting, but the water made it soft and weak. The egg was fragile and then um, the reacted to the water and it made it hard. And the coffee was different. After it was exposed to the water, they changed the water and created something new. They reacted to the water and something completely different came from it. And the water was and is the same. But the way the objects reacted to it determined the effect the water had on it. I know they're trying to teach something different in this parable, but let me switching it It's Jesus and His Word are the same. But how we react to it, how we react to Him, will determine the effect He has on our life. We can allow ourselves to just fall apart. We can allow ourselves to get hard or we can allow ourselves to be changed completely into something different and new. His word and Jesus are the same. How we react is what matters. In Nazareth, they they reacted with wrath and they were offended. In Capernaum, they were astonished. In Nazareth, in the stories in Mark and Matthew, it says that Jesus could do very little. Their attitude stopped Jesus from working. But watch what happens and Capernaum. and Luke 4, verse 33 to 35, it says, And in the synagogue there was a man, which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? We, I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. This is the, the devil speaking from the man. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And When the devil had thrown him in the midst, uh, he came out of him and hurt him not. So in this story, in Capernaum, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue, and a man with the devil shows up at church, or synagogue, whatever, and the devil cries out, Are you going to destroy us? I don't know who you are. And Jesus rebukes the devil, casts it out. The guy flops down in the middle of the room, um, has a little fit probably, and the devil comes out, and the guy's fine. Do you see, Do you see the difference here? Mark 6 And 5, it says, there he could do no mighty work, save he laid his hand upon a few sick folk and healed them. That's Nazareth. And in Capernaum, you know, the unbelief of the people of Nazareth stopped Jesus from working. But in Capernaum, a man with a devil shows up. And that didn't stop Jesus from working. Our unbelief will stop God from moving, but not even hell itself can stop him if we believe. The devil couldn't stop Jesus, but their wrath and their offense did. That's incredible. People are naturally afraid of devils or evil spirits, you know, horror stories. That's what they're all based on. Something's possessed. I don't know. I don't watch them. I don't like having nightmares. Well, that's what they're all based on. Some evil thing, the worst thing you can imagine or whatever. That's what they're all based on. We're naturally afraid of these things. But all of that stuff trembles at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is more powerful than anything or anyone else. If you're going to be scared of something, be scared of unbelief. Because that's going to cause Jesus yeah. to not be able to work. Yeah. Faith and Jesus together, anything can happen. But our unbelief, which can manifest itself according to the story of Nazareth, in wrath, offense, or even getting caught up in what we think we know, Our unbelief will hold Jesus back from being able to accomplish what he wants. You know, the old saying is, you know, Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do something if you don't want to do it. Right? We can hold him back from doing what he wants to do. Our response is what determines what Jesus can do in our lives. Do we allow him to speak or do we get a set and offended do we listen do we recognize the power of his word are we amazed and astonished at him or do we get angry and that's why you can have two people in the same church service listening to the or sing along to the same songs listening to the same guy up there hearing the same message and they can both have completely different responses i've been both of those people Can you believe what he said? That guy, oh my goodness. (sighs) Or you have someone else weeping at the altar and repenting. The same person, or the same service, the same message, two different responses. Our reception of Jesus and his word makes the difference. In Nazareth, he healed a few. In Capernaum, the devil was cast out. And then what? In verse 36 and 37, it says, And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What word is this? What is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they come out. They were just, wow. And that's where they're like. What word is this? We know this guy. <laughs> What's he saying? They were amazed at a different... Or a different reason. And then it says 37, And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. And still, they were were amazed that he did this. Never lose the wonder. I know it said that we shouldn't be shocked when Jesus answers prayer, but we also shouldn't lose the wonder. Wonder is a feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful and remarkable. Amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Don't ever lose that feeling of wonder. Just how can he, how, why does he love me? Why is the creator of the world? Why does he love me? Like that is amazing. And we can, we can lose that over time if we're not careful. They were amazed. And what was the response to that? They spread the word about Jesus. The fame of Him went out into every place in the country around about. Him. With Nazareth, they knew Jesus. They knew His family. They, they knew His brothers, His sisters. They knew His mother and His father. They were familiar with Him. Oh, it's just Jesus. And the word stopped with them. In Capernaum, they were amazed. Wow, what a word. This is incredible. And they spread His fame everywhere. When Jesus gets boring, or we think We know it all. Or we become too familiar with him. Not much is going to happen. But when we live in wonder and amazement at him. And everything he's doing. We will share it with others. When we get bored of Jesus. We'll come to church. And we'll just have dead old dry church. And go home. And that's how we do things. And maybe. Maybe. Maybe someone will get healed here and there. Maybe this will happen. But when we live in wonder and faith. And amazement at who he is. We're going to share. it. Did you hear what happened? At church on Sunday. It was incredible. This amazing thing happened. We'll share it with people. But you know, when he gets boring we become too familiar with him, that doesn't happen. Part of the reason we don't share Jesus with people is because we've forgotten how incredible he is and we've forgotten what he's done for us. I know we know what he's done. We could tell you the stories. We could we could write them down, we could share them with people, but we've there's something disconnected. We've forgotten. We're not amazed anymore. It's just, it's just another story. Part of the reason we don't share him is because we've forgotten how incredible he is and how he's changed us and who he is and the power that is in him, the power that is in His name. And that is why, that's why we have people that are newer to Jesus. They seem to be the ones who invite everyone and share their testimony with anyone who will listen even if they don't want to. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's so great. It's all. I was doing this, but now I'm not. It's amazing. And I'll share with everyone because they're so excited. When we lose that, we stop sharing. We can take him for granted like the people of Nazareth. He'd been in Nazareth for almost 30 years. They got so used to him being around, and then one day he was gone. Because they got too familiar with him. We need to keep that wonder. We need to keep that amazing. Because Jesus is amazing. And as soon as we lose that awe and that wonder, that respect, or the fear of God that we we talk about, we start taking him for granted. We start getting comfortable. And we miss what he wants to do. So in Nazareth, very little happens. A few miracles. In Capernaum, a devil shows up and gets cast out. That's pretty, pretty huge. But he's not done. Because if we have wonder and faith and belief, if we have an awe and a fear and a respect for Jesus, he can keep working. When we lose it, we become complacent. That's when everything stops. Luke 4 and 38, it says, and he arose out of the synagogue. So church service is over. Our synagogue service is over. And he enters into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever and they besought him for her. So he leaves the synagogue, service is over, it's done, still the same day, he goes to Peter's house because Peter's one of his disciples, we need to go somewhere, so they go to Peter's house, clearly. Just because church service is over, doesn't mean that Jesus is done working. Just because you're not in the building, doesn't mean that he can't move, doesn't mean that he can't work, doesn't mean that he can't heal. So he goes to Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law is very sick with a fever. Probably she had stayed home from church that day. Or synagogue. I keep saying church. Church doesn't exist. Synagogue. She's home. And he goes to to her house. And they've just seen him cast out a devil. They've just seen him rebuke a devil. And a, a devil leave a man. So what's a fever compared to that? So they ask him, Well, Jesus, you're here. Why don't you heal why don't you heal, I don't know her name, I mean. probably Mary. <laughs> Why don't you heal Peter's mother-in-law? Verse 39 says, And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. So of course, he heals her. He rebukes the fever, just like he rebuked the devil, and it leaves. And what is her? what's her response to this? And immediately, she gets up, and she ministers to them. She gets up. She's had a fever. She's been in bed. She's not feeling well. Fever's gone. She gets up and starts serving Jesus and the disciples. Probably getting them some food. Probably taking care of them. Doing whatever. Um, a response to Jesus healing her is, what can I do now? Ken, that's the opposite of taking him for granted. She's so grateful and thankful. She takes what she's been given and she gives it right back. Oh, I don't have a fever now. What do you want for lunch? <laughs> I don't got a fever now. What do you want? I got to wash your feet. I'll do whatever, whatever you need to have done. I'll take care of you right now. Whatever you want. Tell me what you want. She takes what she's been given, her health, and she gives it back and ministers to Jesus and his disciples. When Jesus answers our prayer, what do we do? I don't know. Just a little nut. Thanks, God. Go about our day? I don't know. Do we give everything back to him? Do we respond and and minister and serve him? This will say a lot about us. How we respond to his word is important. And how we respond to his working and moving is important, too. Nazareth, they tried to kill him. They were offended. They knew better. They were angry. Capernaum, they were amazed and filled with wonder and thankful your thankfulness, your worship, your service is just as important to having a move of Jesus as anything else is. We need faith, yes, but we need to appreciate Him. We need to be grateful. We need to be thankful. You can read through the Gospels, and just about everyone who was healed or touched by Jesus in the New Testament expresses some sort of gratitude afterwards. You don't see any of them going, you know, well, it's about time took you long enough heard you healed Joseph down the way <laughs> waiting for this could have been here yesterday and healed me there's not a lot of grumbling about Jesus healing them there's not a lot of grumbling about Jesus working in, in their lives they're all thankful, they've all expressed gratitude even the, the lepers, you know the nine of them didn't come back, one came back Right? But they were, they were all still excited. They were all still expressing. They just didn't go back. But, anyways. You don't think that the two of these things are connected? Our humbleness and our gratefulness and his ability to work, I think they're connected. Because you can find people in churches all across the world that are just grateful and humble and thankful people. And that's the ones that Jesus is working through and ministering through, and doing incredible things through. It's not us grumps. <laughs> they are all mad at our time. It's a hard time working through us. So I need to be grateful. I need to be more thankful. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So Peter's mother-in-law, she's healed. This is all on the same day. It's still the Sabbath. He went to the synagogue, talked, cast out a devil, went to Peter's house, probably to rest, grab some to eat, maybe... Um, Heals his mother-in-law. It's a big day, busy day. Much different than Nazareth, where he went to synagogue and then they tried to throw him off a cliff. A little bit different. And it's getting late in the day now. That's the thing with days. they end. (laughs) So Luke 4 and 40, what happens? Now, when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Do you remember from minutes ago before he went to Peter's, what did the people in the synagogue do? They ran out to all the countryside and they told everyone about Jesus and what he'd done in the synagogue, right? And what's the result of that? A few hours later, people started bringing their sick folks to him. It's amazing. One devil cast out, and the faith of the whole town went through the roof. Literally later, somebody will go through the roof in Capernaum. But when through the roof, when we will let Jesus work. When we share what he's done, faith will rise, and faith will grow. So in the story, it's late now. The sun is setting. And in these areas of the world, in this time of history... You don't travel at night if you don't have to. Because it's dark. Right? You can't see people. They don't have flashlights or whatever's. They have little oil lamps and those don't do anything in the wide open. You don't travel at night if you don't have to. That's when the robbers are out, that's when you can get attacked and beaten. And you can't do anything about it because you don't see it coming. You don't see who did it. It's not like now where you know our cities are lit up and we can drive in a car with lights on. everywhere safe in our metal box. You know, you go to the store, parking lot's lit up. You can you can get around at night without actually ever being in the dark, right? Back in these days and still places of the world, you shut everything down at night. The only way to travel then was walking or going slowly in the dark. It's dangerous. There's no witnesses, anything that happens. Uh, when we went to Benin, we were told not to travel at night. Not that we ever would have. Because we didn't have our own vehicle or anything. But they just warned us, no, don't go out for a walk at night. Unless we're in a big group together and we're just going down the street. Like, don't do it. Um, one, um, when the sun's setting, that's when the mosquitoes come out. And you don't want malaria? No thanks. And the second is because they're they're robbers, and um, we never feared for our lives ever while we were there. But you know, no one would hurt you, but take your money probably. And um, we glow in the dark, us folk. We stand. Down. And uh, we, went, we went to Ghana a couple years ago. The guy I was with was like, oh, let's get a cab. Let's go downtown at night. And I'm like, no. No, we're not. He's all going be fun. I'm like, no, it won't. We may not come back. I'm staying here at the hotel. We'd have church services in the day generally. Um, we didn't do a lot of night services often because people would have to walk at a long distance. And we'd have to have it done by a certain time so they get home. Um, safely. In Ghana, when we were there, the crusades, we did them at night, and anyone who didn't live right in that town, um, they actually camped out on the grounds um, to be safe, because you don't travel at dark. It's not safe. Um, but in this story, the sun is going down, the sun is starting to set, and these people are all just flocking to Peter's house. They start bringing their sick people to Jesus. They don't care if it's dark. They don't care about the danger. To them, getting to Jesus is more important. They don't let fear stop them. They bring their sick to Jesus anyway. This is a completely opposite completely opposite of Nazareth. They drove Jesus away. And if you pardon my pun, in Capernaum, they're coming to him in droves. They're risking their health. They're risking their safety. Have no idea how long they'd be walking, or 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 where. We don't know how long they're walking. We don't know where they're coming from. Um, they didn't know if Jesus was still going to be there. You know, nobody called ahead to make sure he was still there. Nobody, you're just taking a step of faith, literally. Um, but they went all around the area, spreading the good news. So we can assume they all came from around that area. So, again, don't underestimate the power of your testimony. These people, they didn't meet Jesus. All they heard about was that he cast the devil out of somebody in synagogue today from some other person. And that was enough for them to respond and risk everything to go see him. There was such a hunger in this These people they didn't know Jesus was still gonna be there. All they knew was that there was somebody who cast out a devil, and if he could do that, maybe he can heal my child, maybe he can heal my wife, maybe he can take away this blindness, maybe he can maybe he can make me walk straight again, maybe he can maybe he can do this. That's all they knew. And Nazareth literally told Jesus what he could do and what he would do. No, you're not doing that. No. I'm oh, sorry, and Nazareth, Jesus literally told them what he, he was going to do. In Luke 4, and 18 and 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind. Instead said, At liberty, them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he said he was going to do in Nazareth. And they said, No. No, you're not because we know your father. No, you're not because we know your mother. And they wouldn't let him do it. He literally said, I want to do this. I want to heal blind people. I want to bind up broken hearts. I want to do this. And they're like, now nah, thanks. And Capernaum, they're like, you cast out a devil? What else can you do? And they go and get everyone else. It's so much different. Jesus actually told the people of Nazareth what he was going to do in Capernaum. In verse 23, it says, And he said unto them, You will surely say to me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. He told them, I'm going to go to Capernaum. I'm going to do some things in Capernaum, because you're not letting me do it. And you're going to say, Well, why do not you come here and do it? I like to think that he went to Capernaum because he knew that they had faith. He knew that they would receive him. His own did in his hometown did it so he went somewhere that he knew they would and if we don't allow or we don't want jesus to move here he's going to move somewhere else we don't have a monopoly on the moving of jesus because we've known him so long jesus will work and move wherever people are hungry and wherever people want him not because you knew him longer Capernaum didn't know anything All they knew was there was a devil that wasn't in a guy anymore. And they had all kinds of stuff happen. So what happens when they bring everyone? It says he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Every single person who came from Capernaum was healed. Every single person who came was delivered. Every single person got what they came for. They stepped out in faith. They risked it. They traveled. They came and they received. Every single one of them. Sometimes receiving something from Jesus is just as simple as coming to him. They all received a few in Nazareth got a couple of healings. But every single one in Capernaum was healed. Luke 4, 41. The devils also came out of many crying and saying, Thou art Christ the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak. For they knew that he was the Christ. He heals more demon-possessed folks. 42. And when it was day, he departed and went to a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. So it sounds like he's just healing people all night long. And the day comes, and he's like, I gotta go, guys. And he goes to a desert place, and they follow him, and they say, Please, don't leave. Stay with us. And they begged him to stay. He went into the desert, to the wilderness, and they followed him, and they said, Don't go. The Nazarenes also went outside the city with him. Verse 29, And they rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him to the brow of a hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. They're going to throw him off the cliff. They followed him out to the countryside too. But it's completely different. A different response. Nazareth tried to kill him, and Capernaum begged him to stay. And so in the words of Charles Dickens, we have a tale of two cities. Both of these stories start off the same. Jesus teaching in the synagogue. We all start off the same. It's our response to Jesus that determines what happens next. Nazareth was offended by his word. Capernaum was amazed by his word. Nazareth rejected Jesus, and Capernaum welcomed Jesus. Nazareth, their attitude stopped Jesus from effectively ministering. And Capernaum, the devil itself, couldn't stop him. In Nazareth they wondered because he was Joseph, Joseph's son. In Capernaum they wondered at the power of his word. In Nazareth they tried to kill him. In Capernaum they begged him to stay. And In Nazareth he could do no mighty work. But in Capernaum everyone was healed. So I'll end it with this. I don't know what kind of preached instead of teached. The question is the same how are we going to respond to Jesus are we going to be amazed or offended are we going to let him work are we going to stop him from working in our lives are we going to be like Nazareth or Capernaum because when we follow him there's going to be things that he asks us to do but we may not want to do there's going to be things that he asks us to give up we may not want to give up there's going to be things he wants from us that we may not want to give And we're going to have to make that choice almost daily. Am I going to be offended at what he's asking of me? Or am I going to be amazed that he's asking this of me? Do you want me to give this up? Sure. I'll draw closer to you if that's what you want instead of you want me to. I'm no. I've been doing this forever. Are we going to be offended at his word? Are we going to be amazed? There's only two ways we can react. Well, let's stand. I hope that was clear. Hopefully. The tale of Two Cities. I should have named it that. Let's just pray again. Before we go. I don't want to be like the people of Nazareth. I want to be like the people of Capernaum. I don't want Jesus to go away I don't want him to drive him away I want him to stay I want him to work I want him to heal I want him to do all these incredible things I'm not happy with just a couple of things here and there I want him to be able to do whatever it is that he wants to accomplish let's just pray that we would be like these people we would we would get a hold of that wonder that we've had in the past that amazement that God almighty himself loves. Me and he's called me by name and he, he went to a cross for me. Instead of just saying, Well yeah, I know that's what he did. And maybe we're doing that right now in our heads. We need to have that wonder yeah. if we want him to work. We can't be too comfortable with Jesus. So let's just pray before we go. This is something that we need to we need to live. This is how we react to everything that happens. Anyways, I'm going to stop. Let's just pray together.